open your Goodreads because this is an episode where you're going to be talking about books. Welcome to the Bell's Podcast. My name is Emmanuel. Yeah, and Benjamin. Benjamin, a.k.a. Faro. Now we shall get to the reason why that nickname is there in a while. So if you stick around, you shall discover some new insights, especially as to why I'm calling uh, Ben, who is in this. What kind of a cap is this? Man, you know, man, the old boy's cap, man. Old boy's hey. cap. <laughs> ben, who's in playing, bro. If you're not watching the podcast, I really, old really recommend, you recommend you watch it because you'll see Ben in his cap right here. So basically, let's just jump into it. This year, we have, like everybody, or at least almost everybody we know, have reading goals for the year, how many books you want to read in the year. And Ben, you have finished your reading goal. So if you can pause the video right now or the audio and just guess how many books Ben has read this year. Just, just throw a number, you know, have the number in your mind. And then Ben, how many have you actually read? It's nothing, man. Uh, I'm not it's, asking. Just, we just do what just, we a, just a number. Um, I don't know. Like, I think I've read, like, my target for the year was supposed to be 40, though. So. 40 books? Yeah. So you've read 40 or 41? Yeah, 41. 41. Mm -hmm. So... That, I, that I've added, like, I still have like three more I've not even added, so. So you have 44? You've read 44? 45, yeah. 45. So Ben has read 45 books for this year. So as you can imagine, that is why he's a professor emeritus from the <laughs> University of Biabia. <laughs> so if you've not watched the pre previous episode, you definitely need to go watch that previous yeah, episode. Yeah. From the University of Biabia, professor emeritus Benjamin Olajide Adejumon. Who has read 44, 45 books? He will be giving us some insights as to some of the books he has read, some of the things he has learned. For me personally, I had a goal of 20 books and uh, it did not go so well. You know, I did not for a majority of the year read at all until I think a couple of, uh, a month, a month and a half ago when I get my, got my Kindle. So right now I have finished my target of 20 books and I think I've read about 22 books. So, you know, congratulations to me as well. So I shall also be sharing some of my favorite books and some of the things that I like about the books that I've read. Anyways, Ben, sorry, Professor Emeritus Ben Jamin Olajide Alijuma from mm -hmm. the University of Biabia. Please proceed. What are some of the things you have learned from, or do we start, wait, do we do it this way? Do we say what are some of your most favorite books for the year and why you like them? And then maybe later on, if we have some time, we can then go into why you like, you know, uh, some of the other books on your list because I mean 44 is a lot to go through so let's just try to you know keep it keep it keep it concise a little bit at the beginning so yeah. so so what do I you gotta, say I gotta look at my phone so he's as he's going through his phone I shall go through first so I think one of the most important books I read this year is Cold Heart Truth by um, Kevin O'Leary or Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank for people who watch Shark Tank so basically, you know, uh, one of the concepts he introduces in the book is actually compounding interest. And, you know, for many of us who are not really taught financial education and, you know, education in general or life does a very, is a very bad uh, teacher of, you know, money because, you know, we are never taught how to actually, you know, keep money and how to spend money and how money adds up. You know, we are not taught any of that. And I think in that book, some of the concepts that were introduced to me really opened up my mind, not just as regards to money alone, but even life. Because it's like, you know, uh, Kevin proposes that, hey, you know, if you look 
your life right now, if you're in your 20s or in your 30s, you look 30 years into your future. Do you still want to be working every day to be able to survive, you know? Do you want to have had enough money? Like, how much is enough money that you're like, you know, I want to retire at this stage, like, you know? I don't know. You got to ask yourself that question. Exactly, exactly. But but these are questions that many of us don't know until it's already too late, until we're already in our 40s, until we're already in our 50s. And I think at that stage, it's already almost too late to say you want to. I mean, it's never too late, but it's definitely more harder. And in that book, I think Kevin really, really does break down and gives very good tips on, you know, what is compounding interest? Where are you spending your money on? What are some of the things you can do? What are some habits you should have? How, wh- how What percentage of your income should you keep? So definitely highly recommended for me. I, I think the name is Cold Hard Truth on Money, Women and Men, Women and Money. So I think it's a very, very good book. That, that's my review for Kevin O'Leary's book. How about you, Ben? Yeah, I think I, I read... Uh... I read a book like like that. Uh, that says. Uh, What's the uh, title of the book? Uh, the act of getting money. The golden rule of uh, for making, making money. money. So yeah. the art of money getting. Uh, yeah, golden yeah, rules making for money. making money. Okay. Right, Pity Barnum. Yeah. So it's basically the same thing. Like uh, the only way you keep your money is like to 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 save with your hand. Uh, not like say you. You get the money, then uh, the moment you receive it, you know, like, uh, I want to get this, I want to get that. I'm not, now, if you have, like, at least, like, maybe 10%, 20% of it, like, okay, I'm going to keep this and not touch it for the next couple of five, ten years, whatever, then you make some smart investment that you're supposed to make that. So, because in the book, it says, like, money is a good messenger. So, uh, you can send your money on an errand while you're sleeping, while you're doing other things, your, your, your money can still be working for you. So basically, it's, it's like you can invest and your money won't stop working because it's just going to work 24, 7, 365 days a year. And like, so it's basically like so many things that we weren't aware of or like weren't taught that way. So yeah, and no parents will even teach you that except your parents into business. No school will teach you that even though you go to business school or whatnot. But yeah, people just learn through try and error which is the fact. So like, if you make any amount you make, like if you can keep 20% of it for the next 10 years, I'm sure it's a lot. Yeah. Like constant flow of cash, like, oh, you end this month in, you end this amount in this month, next month, next, next, like you keep it for the next five years, 20% and don't touch it. So it comes with a lot of planning and discipline, but if you can do that, yeah, uh, it was a great book, so yeah. Money, money. So I gotta get the money. Like, mix my, the world. My, Go around. My mental fake. You got to build that generational, generational wealth. <laughs> Taufik. Shout out to Taufik, who is currently right now building generational <laughs> wealth. <laughs> Why are you doing your guy like that? Generational wealth guy. <laughs> I don't know, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, I think moving on, um, that, that was on money. Uh, not sure we both planned to talk about uh, books on money. Uh, but I think the next one for me is about running, actually. So um, I read this book by Dave Dean Canazes, which is about, uh, the title of the book is 50-50, Secrets I Learned Running 50 Marathons in 50 Days, and How You Too Can Achieve Super Endurance. So this crazy guy, Dean Carnazes, ran across America, so in every state in America, for 50 days consecutively, running 50 marathons. So that means that every day, he would get on the bus, you know, travel to the next state, run there, uh, do press and everything, get on a bus, drive to the next American state, run a marathon again, 
do press, get on a bus, drive to the next state, and he did that for 50 days, back to back to back to back. Mm -hmm. So basically, like the, the book detailed all his travels, detailed, you know, all the things he learned, uh, his experience, and it's crazy because like, I mean, I love running, but I don't think even I would do 50 consecutive marathons day after. I don't think my body can take it. I mean, that, the mere fact that he can do that is amazing on its own because this guy is like a guy who has done like 300 miles, like 300 miles, like, you know, uh, over a couple of days. And, you know, so he's no stranger to, you know, putting his body through a lot. But even at that level, I think it's such a high level. And it was a book that, you know, when I picked it up, I couldn't put the book down until I finished it. It was that kind of a book where it was just so interesting. It was just, I, you know, I just wanted to, you know, read more. And before you know it, I, I think I finished that book in like two or three days. And it was just such an interesting book. And, you know, if you like running, I definitely recommend it. It's such a brilliant book about running. Yeah. How about you, Ben? Man, I don't like running. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like I, running. I've been running all my life. He's been running all his life. Fuck that shit. Like, run? <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> Me, I do that. I do that. I do running, Ben. Come on, look at me. I'm the runner now. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> I'm at, you know, I, mean, I, you, I mean, you should do your home to in the next 13, 13 state in Malaysia. Why not? <laughs> 13 states, 13 marathons, 13 days. 13 days. That's going to be hard, though, because Sabah, Sarawak, you have to travel. We don't need to go to Sarawak. Go to 11 states. 11 states. Uh, the West Malaysian yeah. Marathon Aton. Right. There you go. Marathon Ton. So, Ben, give it to us. What's the, what's the next book on your list? Yeah, I think uh, one that really, that I really read, I was I really like was our uh, uh, the Fourth Agreement, uh, a practical guide to personal freedom by Miguel Ruiz or something. The so, Fourth Agreement. Yeah. A practical guide to personal freedom. It's basically simple. It's like, uh, so basically the guy, uh, the guy was he was stating like uh, four things like you need to do so which one one of them was like uh, be impeccable with your word like you should know like your word carry weight like you can hurt anybody even though you don't mean it but uh the way you're gonna say it at that point in time can can really put people hurt or can really uh just change their mood like and you don't mean to hurt them but it is what it is so from there it's something like her after i read the book i'm trying to to practice because i know like and for me like the way i talk like I hurt a lot of people's feelings. I, I try not to want to talk like, oh, Ben, what do you think? Mm, I don't know. Like, yeah, so that's one. And the other one was like, uh, so it was like 14. So the other one was like, uh, the first one, being impeccable with your word. So the other one is, uh, what's it called? The other one is like, uh, I forgot. The other one is, I had the word in my mind. I'm just trying to get it like, so, so I go to the third one. I think I can remember the third one. Like, uh, don't don't make assumptions. Like, if you don't know, just ask. Like, uh, what is this? So I, I'm not gonna think like, oh, this is who Emmanuel he's. Now, if I have a problem with him, I'd rather go study with him, so we don't get anything com 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 confused at all. So, and which we all do that, and a lot of people do that with me. And this was, oh, Ben is always unhappy. Oh, Ben is this is that. Cause I don't talk. I don't talk doesn't mean I don't know what to say. I just don't want to talk. That's just what it is, and you being around here, if you're around Malaysia, like, they just expect you to be happy every time. I am happy, I'm just the quiet guy, so it states more, more, it states more emphasis on that. So, you meet people the first time, you just want to judge or something, you don't need to. Don't just make assumptions, which we all do 
everything and it's so tough for you not to want to make assumption and if you make assumption you're going to judge and so yeah then the last one which i'm trying to remember the second one so the last one is uh whatever you do make sure you do your best now what the guy means by doing your best is like sometimes you can your best can be 100 percent your best can be 110 and sometimes your best can just be 50 percent at that point that's the best you can give but you need to understand that like it ain't a bad person whatever i'm putting am i satisfied with it even at my worst day i'm still gonna give my best even at my best day i'm still gonna give my best so it's, it made emphasis on that because if you if you're not doing your best you know nobody needs to tell you so yeah it was like something like that which i really picked up like so everything i do i have to just try and just yeah so the whole then the second one should be or the first one is being capable with your word third one is uh, don't make assumption and the, the third the fourth one i forget the second one that's yeah, something yeah, no common worries, that we yeah. all do yeah it's a solid book and it's it's not like a long book it's like I don't know how many pages because I don't know 168 pages 68 pages 168 yeah not so not so much not so much yeah so I think um, thanks for sharing Ben I think I want to check out that book now um, the next one I think uh, I I think is one of my top books for this year is Relationships by the School of Life. So I'm, I'm, you know, again, not assuming everybody knows what the School of Life is, but the School of Life is a YouTube channel where they make, you know, video essays on different things that plague us in life, hence why the School of Life. Um, I, it has some aspire to perspire components to it. Sometimes I would not lie. And again, if you want to know about aspire to perspire, check out previous episodes. Uh, but the book, uh, relation, the title of the book is Relationships, literally, right? Uh, it actually, you know, looks at relationships in a uh, romanticism versus a cynicism slash skepticism way. So basically it says that uh, the wave of uh, love, or at least the way love is given and received in the past couple of hundred years, has been through the lens of romanticism, right? You have to do this, you have to behave like this, you know, you have to do this for love and, you know, as opposed to before where people did things because of, you know, strategic partnerships and, you know, family marrying family because, you know, you're trying to strengthen the bond. Ro the romanticism argues otherwise, right? It says, you know, you only have to love someone because you love them and for no other reason. Uh, you know, you have to give them your all, you have to, you know, um, accept them for who they are. Like, not wanting to change them is one of the hallmarks of romanticism. You know, you embrace someone for what they are, whether positive or negative. Um, is that, you know, you automatically uh, know what your partner wants and you are able to anticipate that. So basically, the book says, well, all of this is rubbish. That at the end of the day, while romanticism has its nice parts, also it has very unrealistic expectations in the sense that, like, for someone to understand you, they have to understand your madness. And most times, you're the only one who understands your madness. Some of the time, not even all of the time. So sometimes you do some things where you don't even know why you're, you're doing it. You, you just do it. Like It takes a deeper understanding, even for yourself, to know yourself. So how is another person expected to actually know you like, like you know yourself without you speaking up about it, right? So it, 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 uh, it uh, brought up several concepts. And I think one of the ones that I actually did 
was a concept of transference. So basically transference is the act of when something extreme or something strong that has happened to you in the past triggers something in your present, right? So it's like, let's say something in the past happened to you when you were a kid or when, you know, you were powerless that you couldn't do anything about it. And now when you're an adult, when someone mentions that thing or when something looks like that thing, you lose your shit without even knowing that you're losing your shit. Basically, that's transference. And it says that, you know, the book posits that there are many things that we transfer from one part of or one stage of our life to the other stage of our life, even though we are not kids anymore, even though we are not, you know, uh, powerless anymore in that sense. But we might as well be because of the fact that mentally we are still there. So it's in identifying the stuff that can potentially, you know, trigger your transference. It is in, you know, explaining your madness to your partner and knowing that nobody can truly know you and that you must always constantly make the effort to explain yourself. And I think another revolutionary concept I picked up from that book is that um, reassurance, that many of us actually, you know, uh, romanticism always, uh, uh, you know, puts reassurance in the beginning of the relationship, right? So what does that mean? It means that, you know, when you first get with someone, you know, both of you are still lovey-dovey. Do you love me? Yeah, I love you. Do you care for me? Yeah, I care for you. But like, the longer the relationship goes on, then that sort of stops, right? Because you expect that this person loves me. I mean, they're married to you, right? How can they not love you? But actually, maybe you have the fear that, you know, you know, let's say your partner sees another person all across the room and they're talking so well and you see them and you feel sort of, you know, self-conscious, like, shit, you know, does this person still love me again or do, do they still care for me? And, you know, the book says, hey, you know, talk, speak up, you know, because in, in those sense, you know, when you need reassurance, ask for it. Because what happens most times when you don't ask for it is the fact that it starts coming out in passive-aggressive ways. It starts coming coming out in ways that is that would not even bring the dialogue at all, which only see, brings forth conflict. And again, I'm going on and on and on, but it's a fantastic book. I think I really, really enjoyed. So, so, so let me cut you short, right? Reading so, it. So, so what you just said about reassurance, the boil down to the same thing on that book that I said, like don't make assumptions. Like you don't need to just ask. Yeah. Ask. It saves you. It's tough to ask. Yeah. What's it especially if you don't want to get like if you don't want to get the person like or pissed, so it is tough. Yeah. So but that's how like uh, it's a lot because uh, in the same book wrote I, yeah in the same book wrote by, by the same guy that I read right it was uh, I think the book was like uh, uh, the mastery of love, yeah practical guide to relationship. Same guy. Yeah, same guy. So it was telling a story like uh, uh, when it comes to love, like most people base their happiness on their partner, which is not supposed to be like that. You're supposed to be happy in your own. Then, if the person comes along, the person needs to be happy on her own. So, if you're not there, you can't provide it. The person is gonna miss you, but the person is still gonna be happy. So, love is like a drug which somebody is providing the addiction, and somebody's, somebody's addicted, and somebody's the supplier. So, you gotta know the part you are. And if you're in that kind of relationship, no, that kind of relationship is not for you because you don't need to be like that in the first place. But if you need to be happy on your own, then if you guys come along, yeah, working things out will be that easy because you know, like, hmm, okay, it could compromise on me. I could compromise at that point. Nobody knows who wants to compromise. So somebody is feeding somebody the addiction either way. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is, I'm like, this is gangster. Mm. And that's the reality. So you like, you want to like somebody's in, in a super abusive, intensive relationship and get out. You just can't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's addicted or she's addicted, whatever it is, it is, right? Yeah, it's just a lot of stuff. Yeah, it is a lot of stuff. So, Ben, can you quickly go over on one last book? Quickly, and we uh, will end the episode, because I think this is going uh, to be quite uh, a long one. 
I mean, like, I think I have to go with this. Like, so uh, I read a lot, like, I read a lot of, like, stuff. Like, lately, I just get into, like, money and stuff. But, but. We promised at the yeah. beginning of this episode. Yeah, yeah but, but. Pharaoh. The, so we have to explain that before the episode is over. So can you just okay, go? Remember. Can you go go into that before the episode is over? Because uh, we, we promised we have to deliver on our promise. Okay. So, so, so I read one book like which is like uh, teaching of Petahotep. It's like the whole book in Egypt, or like the whole book of like Egyptian. So book. it's like forty rules, of forty. Uh, it's like a forty laws of how the Egyptian people live at that point in time. It was a short book, but really intense and really insightful too. So. Basically, yeah, it was before Bible and Ten Commandments or whatnot. So most of the, uh, the, the Ten Commandments was gotten from that book. I'm just going to summarize it. And I, it led me to that book, uh, The Judgment and Crimes of Pharaoh in Egypt. So I got into like a lot yeah, of... This guy got into like a... <laughs> in-depth books like that. Hieroglyphs of books. Yeah. So. so that's where the name Pharaoh comes from. So every time I see my Goodreads, when I go on my Goodreads, yeah. I see this guy's reading some Egyptian... Mm-hmm. Pharaoh book again. Like, this guy's reading some Egyptian Pharaoh book yeah. again. This guy is really intense, but <laughs> it's really intense. I took a break actually. on that. So I went to finance and <laughs> life and whatever. Yeah. So I think to end the episode, uh, what, what kind of books do you like to read, Ben? Uh, fiction, non-fiction. If it's nah, non-fiction, non-fiction. Um, no, not for me, bro. Non-fiction like biography, history, self-help. Yeah, some so many like that. You know the kind of book I read, like... No, I mean, intense, the person watching, listening, like, does not know. race issues. I don't want to get... He knows that. I don't want to get into that. Yeah, one. he reads ah. all those race. America, you know, the, the black issue, experience. African and, politics. Ah. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Intense books, basically. Ben's book. Again, we'll be leaving the link to our, you know, books in the bio. So yeah. please go check out the books for yourself if you want to. Uh, for me, what kind of books do I like to read? Actually, it's, it's split. I, I love biographies, but most of the time, like, um, I, I, you know, I read light stuff, you know. Light, life is already depressing yeah. enough. So <laughs> Don't go the Pharaoh way. I don't go the Pharaoh way that, like Ben, you know. So I read, you know, my, my good reads is basically just, you know, good vibes. You know, Chimamanda, Ngozi Adichie, you know, the things around your neck, short stories, you know, comic uh, stories. Uh, Solutions and Other Problems by Ali Brush. Ugh, amazing. Love that book, you know. Uh, so for me, it's basically just, you know, fun. In my Kindle, there's literally a, a, a collection called Fun Writing. So that's what I mostly read from, like fun, fun stuff. Yeah, no, I'm not reading any of your, uh, any of your heavy stuff, Ben. So definitely for me, I would say it's more relaxed and more, you know, easy. I'm even getting into some fiction as well, too, you know, so... I have Matt Haig. I just discovered Matt Haig, and you know I've I've been loving his stuff. Um, Bill Bryson, Bill Bryson, one of my most favorite uh, authors. You know, I'm reading one of his book, Body: A Guide for Occupants. Very funny book as well. So you know, that's yeah. that's basically the stuff. Even the X X K C D um, comic guy, Randall Monroe, the book about you know absurd questions but answered in a scientific way. So book like books like that are the books that I, I vibe to generally. I'm not, you know, uh, race issues in America in, you know, the Ku Klux Klan. Ben has an entire Ku Klux Klan collection of books in his in his in his. Uh, you hey, know. bro, man, gotta do what you gotta do, man. Knowledge <laughs> is power, bro. Knowledge is power, and I think on that note, uh, thank you so much for listening and watching to this stage. This has been, I think, one of the longest episodes we've done in a while. But again, you know, share with us some of your favorite books. 
if you've made it this far in the video. Maybe we can check it out. You know, maybe it, if it's as intense as Ben. Don't go the fire away, bro. <laughs> or uh, if Boat on the route. Kick, kick, kick. Ku Klux Klan. You know, so, or if it's more like, vibes. Vibes I, I book like get mine. There. I don't know. It's, it's okay, man. How you got there is not important. What is important is how you move forward. Anyways, on that note, we shall be ending this episode. Thank you so much for watching or listening, wherever you are listening. And stay, take care, stay safe, and we shall catch you on the next Glasgow's podcast. Bye-bye. Peace. Okay, pod, uh...